Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award-winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free, and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details. The ball straight run up. Now he angles it somewhat. Where do I start? It's been up and down. I remember being a kid. I can see that happening. That's always oh, something to do. Be unlaced. Unlaced podcast. It's actually not bad. <laughs> and we're back, ladies and gentlemen. We're on the dance floor. The Unlaced Podcast. I say it at the start of every every episode, but what a year we're having. We've uh, been very fortunate to have so many great guests on the show. Um, the last episode with Jack Crisp, I absolutely love talking to Crispy. He's a, he's a very unique fella, but geez, he's a great footy player. Um, finished in the Copeland every single, uh, top 10 of the Copeland Trophy every single year he's been at Collingwood, which is remarkable, eight years, and he's uh, won the best and fairest last year and always finishes right up there um, in the pointy end. So that was a great podcast. He's a good man, loves his TikTok like me. And um, I just want to thank everyone as well for subscribing and commenting on the show because it, it does mean a lot. You guys are the heartbeat of this uh, podcast and sharing it around is how we grow. So thank you so much for that. I tell you what, I'm excited again for today though because I've got my good friend in here, Dommy Tyson, and we're supposed to have Mick Barlow, but he's, he's a bit late. Yeah, the, the Werribee pre-game is keeping him <laughs> off the podcast, uh, Mate, well, thank you for coming in, mate. Good to see you. Absolute pleasure, Jakey. Um, mate, you're everywhere. Moment, <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, mate. Um, and you're over your illness, Big, big crook last yeah, week. Yeah, so. fuck, mate. The man flu. Yeah, I th- I thought I had every like I had every COVID symptom under the sun and tested negative every day. Wow. So and then I put up a thing on my Instagram saying, "Has anyone got a deadly flu?" And like had sixty five responses yeah. saying, "Yeah, it's killing me." It's going around, isn't it? Yeah, so. going around, mate. But you'll yeah. tell you what, you're doing a bit. We're going to get into your footy career, but I thought we we got to get straight into the now. Uh, for those that don't know, Dom Tyson obviously came out of the AFL um, system a, a year or two ago now. Was it last year or um, two years ago? My first year out. Fully, this is, yeah. is your yeah, first year out. Yeah. So he's gone all in, ladies and gentlemen, on Clutch & Co., which is a golf apparel brand. It is absolutely dynamite. We did a podcast with my good mate Tommy Sheridan on our other platform, Aces in Business, where we drove straight into it, mate. It's a fascinating business. Yeah, we dissected it. <laughs> I was American with the great man Tommy Sheridan, so I'm actually yeah working next to him day to day at the Commons in uh, Cremorne there. So positives and negatives. <laughs> um, no, nah, enjoying it, enjoying the transition. Um, you're always a little bit nervous of you know what you're going to jump into, but um, I luckily had the business set up on the back end of my footy career. Had finished uni. Um, I'm still playing a bit of VFL footy, which I'm sure we'll touch on with with Mick involved at VFL level as well. But um, yeah, really enjoying it. There's it's just trial and error. E-commerce, yeah. we do a bit of wholesale, but um, yeah, you, you really just don't know what you're doing. You need a good mentor and then um, just give everything a crack, assess it after three to six months critically. Do you continue with it? Do you find it something else? So I, I like the problem-solving elements and um, yeah, the product's good, which is the main thing. Yeah, so, it's great. Yeah, right? and we've come in at a, a nice low price point. Yeah. Um, so we're affordable, it's versatile, um, good performance elements in the fabrics yeah so we, we should help your golf game get better as well <laughs> that's what we want it's funny right because when we spoke about this last time we asked you like oh, you know what's your sort of uh, handicap and you're like well it probably should be better for someone that's owning a golf apparel brand but then you let into it the, the apparel brand and the clothing is for the everyday golfer it is for, yeah. for the blokes like me and you for example definitely um yeah we, we tried to create some products where if you could i'm actually wearing the pants today at the commons at work so um, you can it's versatile. Like it's if you're not playing golf too often, you can still buy some clutch and 
Cole and, and get away with it in your day-to-day wardrobe apparel. So um, I need to get better, though. <laughs> I've been doing the podcast tours, and um, it's an awkward question. Like, mate, you should be a gun. What's your handicap? And I've got to come clean. It's yeah. Nothing, nothing too impressive. Well, ladies and gentlemen, get on to where can they where can they get it? Is it online um, purely? Yeah, purely online for our website at Clutch and Co. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, well, we'll put it in the um, episode description. I think you've, you've done us a generous one here and, and you're providing a bit of a discount code, which from what we announced on uh, Aces in Business, it never happens at Clutch & Co. Yeah. <laughs> it you, never you blokes have twisted my arm a couple of times, <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll, we'll create a bit of value for your listeners, mate. They're, they're loyal and as you said, they're the heartbeat. So we'll give back and we'll do a 20% discount code on the website. So at checkout, just type in UNLACED. Amazing. Capital letters and that'll um, automatically uh, redeem that discount code for you. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. UNLACED discount code, 20% on the Clutch & Co. Golf Apparel. It's great gear. I've Tommy Sheridan's rocking it, um, which I don't know if he should be the lead marketing um, sort of influencer yeah. for, for your campaigns with his golf swing and, and mannerisms, but, mate, it looks good on anyone. Yeah. It, well, Tommy, I mean, we could deep dive into that bike for, <laughs> for 40 minutes, but I've actually played golf with him on Monday. He's, he's pretty good. Is he actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's got the – I mean, he's naturally coordinated. He's got the long levers. Um, hits a pretty nice ball. So, Does he really? And he's playing a bit more – like, he keeps it quiet, but he sneaks out there um, – more often than you think. Yeah, well, I spoke to him the other day. It was like Tuesday and he's played 18 holes of golf. And I'm like, yeah. mate, for a busy bloke, you, you live like you're semi-retired. Yeah, well, he does his work hours. I think at midnight, that's when, <laughs> that's when his brain kicks yeah. into work mode. Yeah, and then he doesn't sleep. So, um, yeah, he's nine to five. He's not a nine to five, but he probably does the, the full-time equivalent and some yeah. just when everyone else is sleeping. Oh, God, mate. Now, yeah. for, for those that don't know the Dommy Tyson story, it's, it's pretty amazing because... Uh, it's slightly different to Mick, who when Mick arrives, we're going to give him a roasting, listeners, because he's, he is late and he's a, a pivotal part of this show. But um, you guys had very contrasting um, ways that you came into the AFL system. Obviously, Mick kind of did it the hard way and through the rookie list. You were yep. kind of the gourmet platter coming out of the 18-year-olds uh, at the time. Was it 2011? Yeah, 2011 draft, yeah. 2011 draft, so yeah. a priority pick. I think you were pick three overall technically yeah. to GWS, yep. um, which was massive. And and I kind of was very close to Tommy Bug at this time, so I kind of saw a little bit of like the nervous nature of a priority pick going to a club that hadn't been around. Mm. But for you, what one, what was that like? And, and obviously moving out of Melbourne too. Yeah, well... Yeah, separate to Mick, I was more traditional through the national draft as an 18-year-old. So it happens quick because you finish school in, you know, November, early November, and you're drafted by late November. So that little three-week window where you're um, unemployed, well, I guess you're just finishing school, finding your feet, but <laughs> yeah. then you're off. So we got drafted up to the Giants. Um, the positive was enormous amount of under-18-year-olds eight or 18 year olds getting drafted with you in the same category as moving away from home. So... It was a lot of fun socially yeah. up there. Great place to um, move to as an 18-year-old. Um, if you are moving out of Melbourne, you're going to Sydney. Yeah, so weather yeah. was great. We all got to live together and next to each other in this sort of retirement village. Oh, um, that's unreal. Which was just great fun when you're trying to you know, establish yourself with your footy but also just um, feel comfortable socially and get amongst it. Yeah. Um, yeah, looking back, it was a really good social time. Um, and the club did a good job because – we knew we were going to get beaten, yeah. but they sort of treated it more as a development team rather than a um, win-loss performance team, which meant the coaches, um, they kept the morale high. Um, the reviews were always centred around, um, you know, bringing your, your attributes as to why you're drafted. Don't forget it. Though, you know, obviously we had to mm-hmm. learn fast and on the job. But, um, yeah, it was interesting looking back because Kevin Sheedy was the coach, obviously uh, – 
history in, in the game there is um, legend. Legend. So yeah. um, he, he was obviously massive on most of the time. If you were an eighteen-year-old, you'd come and do your apprenticeship in the VFL. Was it you know season, season and a half before you potentially debut? We got the luxury of getting some games into us probably prematurely as eighteen-year-olds and learning in the AFL. So right. um, yeah, a lot of those guys that we were drafted with, they're um, they're sort of nudging up to game 200 now which is a huge just crazy yeah, for like 28 year olds and stuff isn't yeah, it? yeah huge effort a lot of them are at other clubs like they just because it was so dense for 18 year olds i think you know by the time everyone hit their prime just 40 wasn't going to fit into 22 so a lot of guys made the move i was one of them early um as a midfielder which was yeah pretty um we had a lot of mids up there Mate, at the time. It was time, stacked, so it was wasn't it? Stacked. Yeah. Stacked, so. <laughs> and buggy did well but buggy forged out um he got his seven or eight years in and yeah um yeah, he, he did well. He was one of the ones that was drafted as a 17-year-old, so he was even earlier. That's right. Yeah, I they, remember they, he was in school footy and he was already there. Yeah, so he had they had access to him. But great journey. Got back to Melbourne when I was 20. So entering my third year, I was back at the Demons. So just to go, just to talk through quickly GWS, because the Demons obviously spent most of your career there. But um, did you kind of realise, even though you obviously taken some of those losses, like how good that team could be? If because obviously it's quite sort of dismantled a bit. A lot of boys have left to get more, you know, opportunity mm. or play back home and stuff like that. Did you realise how good these boys were at the time and what it would potentially create if they stuck together? Yeah, it's a great call because we did come in a um, lot of high draft picks, so yeah. you just knew based off, um, you know, the the history of what an early draft pick can produce. You're sort of thinking, well, we've got twenty of them. Other teams have one or two, and they're pretty good players. So by you know their third, fourth, fifth year, so we thought the time would come where you know would be. Um, that was the chat too. Like wait till you guys develop, um, keep learning, keep doing your weights, keep putting you know, yeah, <laughs> going hard with your training, and it, and it, it will come. Just stay patient. So. Um, but even by that second year, like Jeremy Cameron kicked 60 or 70 goals. Yeah, that was, yeah he was yeah. like a Coleman. Oh, well, he was, did he win the Coleman? He was all Australian. He was. He would have been top three or four in the Coleman yeah. as a 19-year-old. Toby Green had a great first year. So there were signs like Dylan Shield, Adam Trelaw. Yeah. They exploded out of the blocks. Um, you could see it, definitely. And then even the guys that they recruited, um, like Callum Ward, Tom Scully, um, Phil Davis, yeah. they were only 21, 22. Still so young. you could do the math going, well, when those 18-year-olds hit 23, they're only going to be 26, 27. So yeah. you could see that um, it all probably around that time was their grand final appearance, yes. which was 2018. Yeah, that's right. So that was probably the tigers. Yeah. So that was probably the time where they're all 23 in their sweet spots for trying to hit their primes. And um, yeah, that, that it showed. I mean, they could have come or they got smoked on the day, but they were pretty close. Yeah, well, yeah, bloody Top oath. two. I know, absolutely. Um, now, going to, to the Demons, like what, what drove that change for you? Was that you wanting to play more or was it just like you wanted to come home? It was more opportunistic in timing. Um, I always saw myself getting back to Melbourne to play some footy. Um, I didn't think it'd be that early, but I'd actually signed a two-year contract to stay up at the Giants. Right. Um, I'd done my... I'd, did a knee reconstruction uh, in my second year. So I hadn't played Shit. much footy. I was a PCL, MCL, so okay. a six-monther. Not yep. quite the, the, the full one, yeah. But enough where I, I only got back for the last handful of games, two or three. Signed on, thought, you know, I'll go hard with um, the next two weeks. Sorry, the next two years up at the Giants. And then, um, yeah, Melbourne came knocking. I was in Hawaii. Paul Ruse called me um, and just said there might be an opportunity if you want to sit down with the list management team and it could happen if you give it the green light. So, 
Yeah, it oh happened pretty goodness. pretty quickly. You won't believe who's just messaged me saying, yeah. "Come down." The nerve of Mick Barlow. Yeah, I'm telling him, "Come up, mate." He's at reception, started. is he? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're halfway through, mate. Get <laughs> no, but just on that, the, yeah. the, the Melbourne Footy Club at the time, because obviously it's a bit of a shame for, for your ability, and, and we'll talk about some of your achievements in the AFL. You probably copped the back of two two sides that were going through some real significant, you know, development processes to get some wins on the board. What was Melbourne's sort of record at the time? Were you walking into the they'd, sort of storm that was? Or yeah, they'd only they'd only won two or three games the year before. Right. Um, okay. Similar position. Giants actually didn't have a great second year, so it was, it was probably pretty similar position. Um, and then I think the first year was at Melbourne, we only won four games in 2014. Right. So yeah, it was pretty rapid after that. Like by 2018. Uh, yeah, we'd played in the prelim. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you could see it coming together, but yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was definitely starting pretty much rock bottom to work work your way up. Yeah, definitely. And then the, the demon that that experience, how was that for you? Because you obviously individually had a really great career, but collectively it was a pretty tough time for the club, which they've obviously come out of that now. Yeah, had a couple of decent years individually. Um, Twenty sixteen, we just missed the finals, and I had you know had a decent year, and I sort of thought we're away here. Yeah. Um, and then by the time I thought, yeah, we're in a really good spot to challenge, um, we just had so many young guns like Petraka, Clayton Oliver, Jack Viney, Harmsy. They were coming through as midfielders and I'd sort of just been edged out by then as no. well. So <laughs> those boys were just humming. So, oh, look who's arrived, oh, mate. Oh, here we go, yeah, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Nice of you to join us. Right, right. Here Good we enough, go. Mate. This, mate, we purposely started a bit earlier just to put yeah. a bit of limelight on yeah. you. And the, the booking Good to see you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, Mick Barlow is here, the uh, the Werribee Football Club president and uh, the living Mark, legend. Mark the... Out there as well. yeah, <laughs> is yeah, it? I'm, I'm in a similar spot. Oh, mate. mate. Yeah. How, how are you going, mate? Good, mate. Yeah. What's going on? Testing. One, two, three. Perfect. <laughs> there he is. He's ready to go. No, going well. All's well in my world. Um, yeah, sorry, a bit late. Go for it, mate. Mate, um, no, pleasure for, for but, coming on, mate. But we're here. Where have you pre-game kept you going? <laughs> <laughs> Fridays is my day of leisure for, yeah. for the coach. Um, the prep is done. Yeah. Isn't it? The, yeah. Prep's, the prep's done. We're, yeah. we've, we've broken some hearts. We've, we've made some dreams come true. But, um, yeah, it's, now it's all about... Preparation to play tomorrow and, <laughs> and all of that. Put the put the stuff on the whiteboard. Put the magnets up, and away we go. Are you enjoying that side of the game? Yeah, I do. I yeah. do. I say tongue in cheek that, um, yeah, my players would. They they tend to actually see all the content I put out, so I've got to be careful in terms <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of some of the stuff I do say. You're pretty switched on. You it, like that? It, it is a really hard part of. Um, I do find probably the the last training session the hardest part of it in in the season when you have to. You know, break news to players that they're not playing or, right. or whatever it may be because you know a lot of these guys or well, not all of them no, not a lot of them all of them want to test themselves against the best level they can so at the moment it's VFL and um, yeah only 23 can play per week out of you know what is it we've got about 45 to 50 on our list wow. so so it's, that's, um, mate, that's a lot. Yeah, you know what you do if you're at you're at the AFL the line club, which I'm at North VFL. <laughs> you just go, mate. We have got the boys dropping back. Yeah, 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 yeah. They can't say anything. Yeah, yeah, your form's good. You're yeah. just getting squeezed out. Yeah, <laughs> so. you're getting squeezed out, which yeah. is um, it's an easier. Yeah, line. they do have a bit of a, an easier out in the aligned yeah. system. But um, however way you go about it, isn't it? It's yeah. even in AFL land. Um, having lived it, and Dom Dom's lived it as well. That. You do have an empathy for it because I've been in a situation where coaches have come to me and said, you know, you're out or, or mm. you know, this is the reason. And similar, Dom, I think, would be in a similar situation. So often, 
you don't agree with the coach. <laughs> so I have the empathy um, with my players in terms of you know, the feedback you're giving them is, isn't desirable. Um, and you, you understand that for the next little period, they're going to be a little bit aggrieved with you. Yeah, yeah you, you do want just clear comms, don't you? Yeah. So I reckon two things. It's more, you're either going to get dropped because you're out of form. Yeah. They send you back to work on a handful of things mm. or someone is coming back that's just, they Gen- prefer yeah. to play ahead of you. Yeah, so right. you can almost go, hey, mate, you're out of the team this week. Jack Vine is back from injury. You're not too bad out of form. You're just squeezed out. <laughs> or, hey, mate, your ground balls are shit out. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. shit out. Yeah. And you're going back to work on five things. Yeah. So, the, yeah. The, the one I've struggled with, to be, and again, my, um, my last couple of years with the Gold Coast, my last year of footy was at the Gold Coast, and I felt like I was going pretty well and should have been playing. Um, and the, the thing that kept coming to me was balance of the side. Yeah. So oh, you, you that's, know, a, that's a tough yeah, one. Yeah, you know the player. But again, does that, does that yeah. mean age or does that mean... That, <laughs> that, that means your age, the age demographic yeah. of the, the side so is going to go up two to three years if you play. Yeah. <laughs> and the coaches love that stat when you lose. They roll out the um, average age per round of the mm. team. Oh, well, we were the second youngest team fielded yeah. on the weekend. Like, so there's development there, don't worry. Yeah, so, it's a good... I saw one on the weekend. Freo played in Geelong. And I was a bit worried for Freo on Friday last week because, you know, I'm a staunch Fremantle supporter. Yeah. And they're going really well. Mm. But last week they played Geelong and the article was put together by their social media team saying... Uh, the facts about the two sides and it was all about the age demographic and experience mm. and straight away I thought that was alarm bells I didn't yeah. like it because yeah. like internally produced from the Frio team internally okay. produced yeah, yeah. and I felt like it was an internally produced excuse already that, right you know we're young they're mature they're experienced we're going to Geelong mm. and they end up winning anyway yeah, yeah. Do, do you, I tell you what they're humming Frio a little bit aren't they do you must you must be watching them closely you must be happy yeah, yeah bloody oath yeah so um, I got over my Two to three years of bitterness mm. against them. I was going to, yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. did, did you go through that as well at all? Um, oh, I could see it coming. So, um, yeah. I, yeah, and by the end, mate, I was so drained from injuries. Yeah. I was sort of happy to just launch into something else. And I'm back enjoying the footy. Yeah. Because all the meetings at VFL level, mm. obviously everyone has a nine to five job. What a trade. different, mate. You, they, you take out all the garbage. You just get to play, throw weights around for 15, 20 minutes, mm. meetings at 10 minutes. Like <laughs> you get the real uh, skeleton schedule, which is great. You just get the pure enjoyment back. I've yeah. been enjoying it. Oh, that's good, mate. Yeah, so mate, talking talking to Freo, did you expect that from them this year? I, I did, yeah. Oh, look, not to probably be six and one, are they? Six and one? Yeah, yeah. so they're mm. six and one. I tip them to make the finals. Yeah. And I still think... Without five, he's due back yeah. soon too. Well, so. The most impressive part of what they're doing is it's not personnel-based. So yeah, f- so often big clubs are defined by you know your best 10 players. Yeah. And right now they've got three of their most important players out. Five, you know, Sean Darcy should come back this week. And Matt Taberner didn't play last week. Um, so, yeah, their system and their... Their belief in what they're doing is is palpable. Um, what I do really, and there, there's absolutely something in this. You can see that they they're enjoying each other's successes. Yeah. So you watch Frio play at the moment, mm-hmm. and there was a bit of media around it this week. Um, but I've I do follow them closely, so I've seen it for some time. They love they love it. Like they player X kicks a goal, don't mm-hmm. worry, everyone's over there. Player Y gets a smother, they're all over there. It's the stuff that. Every club you would have been at, club, every club I've been at, it's like we've got to do this. We want to be like that. Yeah. And sometimes it's just it's just 
that energy isn't there. The energy to it's connect forced or organic, isn't it? Yeah, so it's forced or organic. And yeah, you can the see it. Yeah, organic with, with Freya. Yeah, mate, that's all. Uh, touching on your boys, this is a bit of a. I mean, historically, probably the answer is no, but. Could could Melbourne go undefeated? Like, are they that good that they're in contention to really oh, they just, be that tough to beat? Yeah, well, they just set up so well behind the ball defensively. So teams just can't score against them, and yeah. then they'll grind out a win. So they might they might lose one or two where a team just pinches it, an offensive game on them where they just, you know, for whatever reason, it's low scoring and they kick a couple late and that's the end, end score. But they're going to... They're going to be very competitive every game, obviously. Yeah. Whatever they are, undefeated now. So it's... I mean, I, I can't sit here and say, yeah, I reckon this team could beat them. But yeah. Here's one. That last week, Hawthorne and Sam Mitchell, who's yeah. getting lauded for what he's doing. But yeah. I think clubs are coming up to play Melbourne at the moment. There is a bit of... that For so long, it's been clubs have played Melbourne. Or clubs have played the best sides and said, right, we've, we've just got to play our game and hope our game gets to a level. Whereas Hawthorne last week adjusted their their normal structure and their normal approach they went wing on wing or they, they tagged Ed Langdon on the wing so took out took out him so they, they've gone in and said okay what's two or three things we can do differently to actually just beat Hawthorne mm-hmm. as Hawthorne to beat Melbourne yeah rather than yeah it's not something they're going to do every week but it's like this is specific to play Melbourne and I think Melbourne will get different things thrown at them yeah. every week compared to other clubs that it's pretty much own system versus own system um Whereas clubs are going to start to yeah. pinpoint some stuff with Melbourne think, that they, they yeah. see as an advantage. Yeah, you're right. Because I think a lot of the opposition analysis would be, well, what do we know about Melbourne? Mm. Let's not get beaten by what we know. Yeah, so we know, right. you know, Langdon's an important part of the offensive chain. Mm. Um, their wings will push back hard defensively to free up Lever, free up May. May will sit at proactively in front 30 metres to be able to influence the next contest. So can we use short hit-ups that avoids his positioning? So there's things that you you know because yeah you, i mean everyone's watching the best team in the comp looking to match up against them and then also steal a few things that they're doing well so i mean there's enough vision now of what they've been doing really well for a season and a half plus yeah. that yeah yeah i mean you're, you're getting an awareness of um their game style fully so the way you were describing that mickey you're almost explaining as if like a, a team a footy team may break their mold just to try and do something different against melbourne because yeah. it's pretty hard to go Head to head with them the way yeah. they would be playing, and I'm showing my age here and, <laughs> uh, by by bringing up an example. I think it was in, I reckon it was in 2000, but I was young at this stage. I was 13, mm. so I must have already knew, known I was going to be a coach <laughs> <laughs> when I was monitoring this game where the Western Bulldogs put the flood on Essendon. <laughs> Essendon hadn't lost a game for the year. 20 round 20, right, yeah, right. It was at it was at Mar- Etihad, wasn't it? I, yeah, yeah. For some reason, I reckon I was there. I've got this flashback of, and I, I was from the country, so I didn't go to a huge amount of AFL games growing up, but. The Bulldogs, Terry Wallace, put the flood on. Yeah. And Essendon, I think they, st- they still nearly won. Like Essendon still got into a position where they nearly won. But it was the old school 18 players in the back 50 pretty much. And then when we get the ball, we'll you know, methodically try and chip and charge through. And, and they end up getting the results. So right back, I think, to your question to Dom about will they go undefeated. History suggests, especially if you're the hunted, mm. especially if all these different you know, there's too many variables that will get thrown up, throw COVID in there as well, that there's going to be a week where a side gets a hold of them. Um, you know, Melbourne may be down and may, Melbourne may be without some personnel. So, mm. um, yeah, it's bloody hard to go undefeated. Yeah, yeah you know, mate, it's, a, yeah. it's an achievement in any sport. I mean, isn't it? look, even if just say there's a week where Gorney and Oliver are sore, that's two pretty important players. Yeah. So if they miss a week, it changes the look of the makeup. The, 
make up the side. So you never know. Very good point. Now, Mick, mate, you had one hell of a career. We, we spoke about just before you jumped in that, you know, you and Dommy, similar actually time periods in the AFL. You guys would have played even games, but um, very different like ways of coming into the AFL system. Obviously, Dommy had, was like the gourmet platter priority pick where you had a couple of stellar years in the VFL and like just they couldn't, they couldn't ignore you anymore and you got through on the, on the rookie draft in, into Frio. How, what was that sort of period like for you? Can you give us a bit of background on your story of how you got into the system in the first yeah. few years? Well, so it's a long, it was a long road, yeah. It was a long road to, to get in. But um, I suppose it, it all came on me pretty quickly. My, my uh, way in, when I was 19, I was playing country footy in Shepparton for Shep United. And I was going pretty well, but you know, I was never, not for one second had I entertained being an AFL footballer. Um, it, realistically, obviously, like most, you sit down and think, oh, how could that be? And, yeah. Um, you know, it'd be, be nice to, to get an opportunity. But I was playing footy at Chep United and my the footy manager, Craig Blizzard, at the time, had some connections in the AFL. He sent a few recruiters down to watch me um, or up to watch me in Shepparton. And a few watched and kind of said, yeah, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. And St Kilda was one that, I think kept coming back and watching and kind of just couldn't figure it you out. Did, a, did you do a pre-season with them at some yeah, point so as that, well? Yeah, that's where it emerged from. So when I, they were flying too, I think. Like it was like, would have been when they were making grand finals. Yeah. I did it. Well, I think it or? was going into, I think they'd had a poor year and I did the pre-season. Okay. Sparked the boys up a bit. <laughs> as you do, Mickey. For, for six to eight weeks. I went <laughs> Rui and uh, Goddard Lenny, and Joey Lenny Hayes, Hayes and Del yeah, yeah. They could Michael, smell him coming, Mickey. So big, that. Big, old Michael, big Michael Gardner. Um, they pulled the figure out. But anyway, they got me down off the back of uh, a, a pretty good couple of years at country footy. And, and right then, and this, this was, I think this, this moulded my football career and moulded me as a person today because got given this opportunity pretty much like from nowhere. Mm. So I come and train, and it was a bit like, you train, and you might get on a list here. And it was like, it's probably like the winning the lotto. It's like, hang on a sec. Mm. Lotto, I think the rookie wage at that stage was 32 grand a year. So maybe not like winning the <laughs> <laughs> lotto. But, yeah. compared, to 28th place. <laughs> but, <Yeah>. but <laughs> compared to winning, uh, but compared to being a uni student and um, boiling hot water and putting chicken stock through, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was going to be an upgrade. Yeah. So anyway, I went to St Kilda, did the, pre-season and, and I missed out and, and from there that was the period of time where I actually competed and trained really well and, and, and felt like I was on par with, with some of some of what was going on so that that period um, highlighted hard work it highlighted my capacity it highlighted um, my inner desire to get in um, bit, whereas, of be- bit of belief yeah a bit of belief whereas six weeks earlier when I started I, I genuinely say this that I went there not to embarrass myself and not right. to be a guy that rocked up and Years down the track, Nick Rewalt's talking on Fox Footy saying, this guy came to training once. <laughs> and he, he was we, tripping over. And we can't remember his name. But couldn't yeah. tie up his shoelace. So was it that daunting yeah. that to, to come off? Because it was a pretty big dressing room, like you mentioned, all, yeah. those, all those players. Bloody yeah, up. it was. Um, luckily, you go in for the first two weeks with the younger players. Right. And you kind of and, and a couple of senior boys roll through. In the, so you mould yeah, it. You know, yeah, you are in awe. Like, I don't know. Dom went to... GWS, so that would have been a unique um, mm. existence because you go in with a big chunk of guys your age and then a few... Um, yeah, we spoke about that, didn't was, we? Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, the security experience was... Pretty, yeah, you're literally like a little kid in the candy store and just trying not to embarrass yourself. And, yeah, by the end of it, went pretty well. They said thanks, but no thanks. And from there, I went and played VFL. And um, even that was a, that was a challenge because, yeah, I did the pre-season... 
But then you go to a VFL club and, again, you're fighting against guys that are doing similar things and come through pathways and to even get a game. And then throw into it, we were aligned with North Melbourne at the time. So then North Melbourne players come, you know, a week before the season and say, yep, well, 10 of them are playing. Yeah. So there was all of that pathway into the AFL was, there was enough kind of barriers and roadblocks to get in the way. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's just consistent form and form and bat banging your head um, or banging the work in and, and yeah. then you get a chance. Wait, so what, like, what was that like? What were the first few years like at Frio? Because you didn't obviously go in, obviously went in a mature, mature yeah. age player in a, in a sense, but you walked into, a, a, again, a pretty elite environment. Mm. Like they had some pretty good years early when you were there. Yeah, so they... Went, dra- think, went drafted same year as Tommy Sheridan went. I wasn't, no. Tommy came, <laughs> Tommy came two years after me, okay. Oh, he okay. did, right? For some reason, I thought you guys went the same year too. Yeah, nah. So yeah. how old were you when you did get... 21. Yeah, 21. 21. Oh, so you weren't that actually that old, No, really. so 21... Yeah, they paint. They do. Paint, I got drafted the same year as James Podziardly, right? If, and he got drafted at twenty nine years hmm. wow. to Geelong, and I played with him at Werribee, and I was like, "Well, he's old." So you got, <laughs> yeah, you got bundled in with him as he, the mature age recruits. He grinded a, a great few. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, five or six years. <laughs> yeah. um, so shout out to Pods, who just one of the greatest state league players ever to lace them up like hundreds of goals and. Mm. Um, but back to your point about yeah, rocking up to Frio. It's interesting because you, you grind to get there and then the realities are when you get picked up in a rookie list, you grind to get there and then you're the last bloke on the list anyway. Mm. So that that for mine, I suppose the way you got there, just need to, you need to replicate and, and, and get to work on it and um, actually getting put in an elite environment. I, I say this to my players at VFL level at the moment that the, you know, the hardest existence for mine is is being a state league footballer, yeah. Because you are mixing your nine to five or your uni or your, um, you know, uh, part time job and uni and Centrelink and and financially you're not very secure. You're putting in heaps of work. You have to do everything after hours, and then you're expected to compete against the AFL yeah, players that aren't cheers. playing. So, for mine, it was when I did get to free. I, I wasn't fully aware of this at the time, but when I got there. It was actually an easier environment for me because you could put all your eggs in my basket. Yeah, time. effort and energy into being a, a full-time athlete um, and get remunerated for it, which which does help. So absolutely. Yeah. Now, what can we? We've I've heard Tommy talk a bit about Ross Lyon, <laughs> and he's he gives some great Ross Lyon stories. But you obviously probably played mm. so much footy under him. Had had really, I mean, I think three best ons in the Western Derby as mm. well. Like, so it's a derby. Ne- we're not, derby, we're not, derby. It's not Melbourne. City. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> the Derby. That is true. Actually, <laughs> they do say it like that. I never even processed that, <laughs> mate. So you, but what was it like working with Ross? Because uh, you had a pretty big role oh, under him. I felt at times. At the time, it was, yeah. It, if I could go back to a few of those days and just to enjoy it for what it was and the, the personality he is, it would be great. Yeah, but he. When you're in the mixer of it, it's daunting. Yeah. Um, but I'll start with saying he's he's incredibly connected to his players and loves. You know, there was a quote he he said to me one day around. Um, you know, he treats his players as much as he can like his own children because he fit, he knows the effort and uh, the energy his own players put into what you know he's asking them to do. Mm. So he um, that's something that really resonated with me. Um, one day when I sat sat down behind closed doors with him, and had a had a heart to heart pretty much. So he was he was brilliant with heart to hearts, and you know his door the old analogy your door's always open, mm. um, you know rung true. It was always open, and he'd always be there for a chat. So there, there's some um, serious the serious side to Ross, but he um, 
some of the stuff that went on and the, the, <laughs> the meetings you had were just you'd actually just walk out and be like wow so <laughs> Tommy I think's told a couple of stories probably about um, you know players it was player a player who oh, I can't recall who the player was I, I get a bit lost in transition translation in terms of who some of these stories are about but <laughs> okay there was so a, many yeah there was a story um, one day where a, a player I think had made his debut it was very early into his career and you know it's a pretty exciting time in your career you've just played the first game and you try your hardest and the player um, Ross was very he had an eye for the vision and he, he was pretty cut and dry on what was a, a good effort and what was a half-hearted effort so you, the player had just come into the system and um he was just finding his way, but the review came and, you know, some vision popped up and uh, we were watching a passage of play and Ross just goes, goes rewind it. <laughs> and then they rewind it and go back to a couple of, uh, a bit of play and plays it through and he goes, rewind it again. So he watched it through and he gets the player and he goes, okay, you know, you're going right. You, you've just made your way into the side. Very good. Well done, well done. But, you know, that effort, not sure, not sure. And at this stage, it wasn't too bad. Everyone in the room's like, oh, that's not too bad, we can yeah. move on. How much weight you put on, he said to the player. The player goes, oh, eight or nine kilos since six months. He's like, bye. <laughs> oh, no. He's like, eight or nine kilos. Yeah. You been doing your weights? And he's like, yeah, doing me weights, the player, I guess. And Ross gets down and does, literally goes, you been doing your deadlifts? <laughs> oh, no. And the player's like, yeah, yeah. Been doing my deadlifts, and, and then he goes, "You've been eating your tuna." <laughs> and again, Ross, is, uh, the player's like, "Yep, I've been eating my tuna." And right now, everyone in the room's like, "He's something's yeah, coming. Yeah, yeah. This ain't going to end well for this player." <laughs> oh, no. And he goes, "You do all that, mate. That's great. That's." But then when it's the ball's there, you've got to put your body on the line. You jump out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. Oh yeah. no! And Ross does a little. Like, he used to have this thing with his hands. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. and um, now yeah, I am a bit blurred as to who the player was because I've, I've got two schools of thought that it was a player that's still playing, going very well, or that it was a player that um, is no longer playing for Freo, but he's ab- absolutely going very well in a, right. another sporting realm at the moment. So. Um, Either way, the players have—they're going okay. Yeah. So, but when when you're in that situation, you see this stuff coming. Like, are you guys got so much respect for Ross that you just this is normal? You're not yeah. laughing, or are you guys like actually no breaking character you here? Can't laugh. Yeah, you laugh. So no, you're no, fu- no, you're fucked. It. You got to sit yeah. there in silence and watch this go. And on. then you go out for coffee, and then you're like, what about? That? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Tommy Sheridan told me this one because, funnily enough, um, when we did our first Aces in Business podcast, Joe Botson actually. Uh, plug Tommy he goes mate I need to hear some Ross Lyons stories because he goes I've heard them and I love them <laughs> and Tommy told this one about um, Ross just trying to like pretty much set the tone of like it, almost like what you said everyone's like my children I treat everyone the same yeah. he goes oh, I don't give a fuck if you're the best player in the team like Matthew Pavlich or if you're bloody Hayden <laughs> Sloyd <laughs> and, and Tommy goes he walks out of the meeting and goes oh I've been stiff there Sloyd <laughs> you're 45th yeah, on the list just make yeah. bang yeah. 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 And, and on that like, there's probably a few players that yeah, you ask you would ask like any coach I think you'd ask a lot of some players that haven't had the best experiences under Ross. <laughs> what do you think of Ross? And 
some expletives may come out. Yeah. Not so, not so um, complimentary words. But another one I've got is about Tom, and I'm not sure if he's shared. Oh, this, this one. is good because Tommy sent me a bit of mail on you two, and yeah. I'm conscious. Hopefully, we have a bit of time here because mm. I do want to bring it up. But, but I um I really do. No, I'm good for time. It's more if we get a knock. But anywho, yeah. um. It's it's more if uh, pretty much I, I want you guys to give a bit of dirt on Tommy because yeah. he's he sold you out here, Mickey, especially you. So we got to throw a punch back at Tommy Sheridan yeah. before I give so, the mail on him. So Tommy, when mid, hey, when you're playing footy, it's yeah, you know, it's and professional sport. You know, it's hard to socialise because mm. you, especially playing for free, you fly into Melbourne, you play so often Sunday game, you fly back Saturday game, you might hang around and socialise a bit, but. Socialising and going out and, and having a few beers, it's few and far between. But the mid-season buys mm-hmm. come come around and you're pretty <laughs> excited. It's um, You're pretty excited. You've got probably 10 to 12 to 14 days between games. So yeah. Pumped. And this this one buy came out. And every buy for Freo, we'd, we'd have a meeting, you know, heading into the buy or the three or four-day break and be like, oh, what's what's your standard behaviours here? You know, what what's what's acceptable? You know, here's your program. We need to get this done. How many, how many nights are you drinking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you go around for three or four minutes yeah. and Tommy, like, yeah, yeah, this is good. I'm doing yeah. my program. Yeah. Tommy's booked out a house for three days down the coast. <laughs> but it always came back. Okay, boys, one night. We'll give you one night. Yeah. Okay, one night. And then you'd speak for 15 minutes about what categorises you know, that one night. Is it, you know, and Ross pretty much gets up and goes, yeah, one night, just let it fly, boys. Let it fly. And then the other nights, you know, just make sure you're, you're nice and civil. And Ross, again, great coaching, great man management, would come in, come in on a Monday morning after the bye, and he wouldn't kind of go on a, he wouldn't be like, You're, you've done this, this, and this, or, or I've seen this, this, and this. He'd go up, he'd be first meeting, the first question is pretty pointed about, all right, what happened in last week's game? What did we review? And everyone's like on edge, and so yep. Ross walks in, Tommy, Carlton, last week, what did we review? Tom's like, um, yeah, we just talked about. <laughs> and Ross goes, hey, Tommy, have another go, mate. He goes, <coughs> he goes oh, I'll just stop you there. I'll stop you there. Oh. Bit croaky, big weekend. <laughs> and then from there, Ross went on a headhunt. Oh, no. He goes, um, no, actually, from memory, so we got through that meeting, but that lingered with Ross. I think we came in for another meeting later in the day, and there'd been some murmurings that you know people had been taking the piss, pardon the pun, on the piss. And it always gets back to the yeah. coaches, doesn't it? Like they, they somehow find out. So we walk back in and he goes, Right, I've heard this. I know for a fact that you had three nights on the piss. <laughs> <laughs> so Tom had to stand up, and I won't get this completely correct, but it'll be 80% there. Tom had to go stand over in the corner. All right, Tom's had three nights on the piss. Um, how, many, how many other people have had more than one night on the piss? Go stand over there. Be honest. Be honest, because this is your one chance. So, like a good chunk of players go stand over with Tom, <laughs> hand in the air, over we go. And um, so, yeah, Tom had the, Tom's had the three nights on the piss and we got a bit of a berating. And then pretty much everyone to a, to a man was like, right, we're not going to do anything about this, but we're on notice. You know, like it's, we say one, you go three, walk out, and then we, get, we walk out for lunch <laughs> or whatever that day. Tom's like, lucky you didn't know about the other two nights. <laughs> <laughs> He's an idiot. He's an absolute idiot. And he's got tonsillitis. He's, yeah. The sleep all the yeah, croaky yeah, voice yeah. lost me there. Uh, well, folks, we've got to have to wrap this up. But before we do, I do want to just throw this last question to you guys. I want to go minor premiers, premiers, and Brownlow. 
Yep. And I know Mickey Bale, you've had a few pre uh, preseason predictions already. Mm. But what what are your guys' gut feel for that? Uh, Melbourne for Premier minor Premier. Um, You've gone double the back the back to back. Yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll get the home finals at the MCG. Crab will come out. They're starving for it after missing out in Perth last year. So they'll get them home. Um, and it's probably Patrick Cripps. He's Patty Cripps. He's had five, three voters kicking goals, playing midfield, getting thirty plus, kicking three. So absolutely, umpires will see that pretty juicy on the um, stat sheet after the game. I'll go with Brisbane. Uh, for the Premier. I think Melbourne will be the minor Premier. I think Brisbane are the side that can get Melbourne this year. Right. Um, yeah, they've got a group that's been around the mark for a couple of years now, that inner desire and, yeah. and bond that they would be building. Lockie Neal to win the Brownlow. Yep. That's a good on. call. Um, yep. Yeah, so going very well. and You can pretty much pencil those two in for the grand final, I reckon. Yeah. Brisbane will get the home prelim, yep. the home first final. But, they, but they've been they're there the last Disappointing in years. the finals, though, the last few years, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, they have, but I mean... It's just experience, isn't it? It's part of the journey. So you hope that they've learned from it um, and they'll win by 50 points up in a prelim and come in with fuller confidence and then they might pinch it on the day. Mm. Who knows? Absolutely. Was that well, the only question? Premier? Yeah, Premier, minor Premier, yeah. Brownlee. Yeah, Brownlee. nailed it. Or go yeah. Coleman as well. What do you reckon? That's a, that's oh, a, that's a tough one, I reckon. Yeah, it's wide open, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Mate, there's um, a few left fielders that are really mm. booming in that as well. Charlie Curnow is one that... Because you know, he's kind of only still finding his way back to play footy. He's mm. picked a couple of bags of... You know, one bag of five. And yeah. Going pretty well, so I'll go. I'll throw him in as a bit of a an out wider. I'll go. I'll go. Jezza Cameron. He's Jezza bought, Cameron. He's bought the farm out near Geelong. He's, he loves he's his happy. Farm. He's, he's got fishing, the fire mate. pit there, fishing. So he just looks like he's in a great sweet spot to kick bags of goals. Absolutely. Well, listeners, I reckon we're going to get Mickey Barlow and uh, Dommy Tyson back on for maybe a bit later in the season. We'll dissect the the, the season that be a bit more because I reckon that'll be fun. Yeah, I love we'll, I love hearing you talk about footy and Dommy knows half. it inside out. Yeah, we'll do the back half. Yeah. Might even get Tommy Sheridan on if we can get oh, a word yeah. in, but uh, we'll have a think about Is it. Is he hung over today? What's he doing? Yeah, he's a little bit hung, but he's got a potty. He's some, he, he goes, mate, I've got to get off the phone. I've got to call three people in 20 minutes. <laughs> I said, all right, Tommy, mate, you called me, oh, you idiot. <laughs> but anyway, ladies and gents, thank you again for listening in. Mickey Barlow, Dommy Tyson, love Great you, boy. Always appreciate it. Good on you, Jakey. Thanks, mate. Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details.